Bearded Bowman. I have with me two gentlemen from RPI that I just wanted to bring them on because I am a huge fan of what they do and uh, the products they provide, especially for me being a field service technician. Y'all really play an integral role when it comes to providing serviceability on some of the older modalities out there in the market. Majority of people would understand my position on right to repair. Some of the components that I utilize from you guys frequently have allowed me to keep a lot of these rural hospitals and medical facilities that don't necessarily have the support like let's say a flagship hospital has to update their equipment you know on an annual basis or however long they need to i just want to at least give y'all your limelight and just talk about your company what you do just the services you provide and where you see it going because i appreciate what you provide to the biomed community and of course to our medical facilities for patient care patient safety the floor is yours i'm ira lapidus uh, i'm the president of rpi a replacement parts industries uh, based out of Simi Valley, California. Uh, and we uh, have been in business now for uh, a little over 50 years, just celebrated our 50th anniversary in February. And we are the original aftermarket parts supplier in the healthcare industry. Uh, and what we do, we've got a team of engineers that reverse engineers. Uh, we do design specifications and engineering prints for all kinds of uh, parts for biomed and actually dental equipment. Uh, and then we subcontract the manufacture of all of those parts to a stable of vendors uh, that we have been working with for several decades now. Uh, we are uh, ISO 9000 certified. We have been for over 22 years, and we're an FDA-registered medical device establishment as well. The other big news for us, though, actually, aside from hitting our 50th anniversary, is that uh, in August of last year, RPI uh, was sold to Roundtable Healthcare Partners, and Roundtable uh, is a private equity firm out of Illinois that is uh, comprised of former senior um, healthcare executives. And all they do is invest in and support healthcare companies. And when they bought us, they also bought Microoptics Europe, uh, American Optics, and Endoscope Replacement Parts. And then in November, added Endoscopy Development Company out of St. Louis. And with the combined companies, uh, we're now uh, under Healthcare Components Group. And all the other companies that, that Roundtable purchased, uh, Microoptics Europe and EDC and uh, American Optics and so forth, all basically do what RPI has been doing. And, and they've, been, they've been doing it for a couple decades now as well. And they do replacement parts for flexible and rigid endoscopes do all the design engineering, specifications, and so forth. But the difference is, is that a lot of their parts, the parts that we, we make now for um, endoscopes, are uh, manufactured by our facility in St. Louis, and then actually some by our facility in, in Bulgaria. And with me, as we combined uh, and required a greater presence, we hired recently uh, Matt Emerson, who's our national sales director. So Matt, let me turn it over to you for a minute here. Thanks, Ira. Yeah, I think it's a really exciting time uh, right now at HCG as we we go through our process of identifying um, similarities and different engineering specs that we can work together on to ultimately serve our customers better. That's what that's what we're about. We want to maintain that fabric of the quality that our customers have been um, 
have always had, right? And we want to continue to do that as HCG continues to grow uh, their existing business that we, we currently are in and also identifies new verticals to get into. Thanks, Matt. And that's something that we are uh, taking a look at uh, on a really um, regular basis now, and I have identified a number of different opportunities uh, for healthcare components group to get into. And with our combined engineering talent between Simi Valley, St. Louis, and Bulgaria, uh, we see the business expanding significantly over the next couple of years. Uh, recently, at least out of Simi Valley from the legacy RPI parts business, uh, we've added uh, a whole new line of parts for the Steris V-Pro hydrogen peroxide sterilizers uh, and for the Steris Century steam sterilizers. Last year, we added a set of parts and PM kits for the Covidian 840 ventilators, and I think that's an area that we're going to see a lot more parts for us. And then we've got another number of other areas on the um, scope side of the business that we're going to be getting into and other types of uh, equipment or devices that are very similar to endoscopes that I think we're going to leverage our engineering uh, uh, expertise to, uh, to get into to better support our customers. As a biomed, I have been a customer of RPI for several years now, and I appreciate that you guys remain and still improve on bettering at being a one-stop shop solution for service repair parts for so many different types of equipment and obviously different modalities of the type of equipment. And one of the banes of the existence when it comes to serviceability of parts and finding what you need is we're already having to address repairs on such a short amount of time uh, frame to meet expectations of getting equipment covered and up and running optimized as quickly as possible. So having to jump back and forth between different vendors to get different things and sometimes it's not really possible just based on you know the equipment being into life or just not serviceable anymore. And we want to be able to have that solution in one place and RPI continues to be that one-stop solution. So I appreciate you guys simply from that aspect. And lastly, I would like to touch on the point that you've really made the customer service experience of ordering uh, just as streamlined as possible. The online interaction through the store, uh, even calling in to place parts or even the tech support component of RPI. I've had nothing but an incredible experience every single time. And even if I'm not fully aware of exactly what a particular part number is, or I've had you guys assist so many times with translating what particular part might be based on OEM part number to what you guys are offering. And if there isn't a solution, you find something comparable. It's not just, well, we don't have that. We can't help you. You go above and beyond to essentially meet our expectations. And kudos to you guys for having such an effective customer support team, tech support, and just a vendor experience as a whole. Uh, you're doing the right thing, and I just wanted to give you your kudos on that because it is a valuable experience as a customer ordering parts from you guys. Well, thank you. Well, when it comes to the customers, too, it's our customers that drive our, our, our development as well. So we, the feedback that we get from our customers helps to provide direction for further product development uh, activities. 
whether it's on the scope side or, or on the normal biomed side uh, that, that RPI has been in, it, it's, it's our customers that really help to provide that direction, and that's really been invaluable to us over the years. Ultimately, thank you so much for saying that. We actually take and work very hard to have top-notch customer service, so it's nice, nice to hear that feedback. We do take that as a high priority, and, and I really wanted to use this platform right now just to thank all the HCG brand customers that we have for your business, and ultimately look forward to you know, growing our relationships with you and, and keep, uh, keep providing quality customer service and great components. And lastly, if you guys have anything you just want to mention, if there's anything new that RPI is rolling out or anything that you particularly just want to cap off the sit down with, uh, please feel free. Well, we, we, you know, we, we always have new product development things in the pipeline. Our engineering team is busy every day working on new projects. And so you're going to see a lot more coming out over the next couple of years. And please keep the feedback coming to us so that we can make sure that we're targeting, you know, what it is that is needed in the field to, uh, to best support our customers. And before I let you guys get back to the expo, I just want to say I appreciate you sitting down talking with me about all things RPI and how you're assisting the biomed field and, you know, letting us do our jobs to ultimately provide the best opportunity for patient care, patient safety. Um, I wish you guys nothing but continued success. Good luck to you, gentlemen, and uh, thank you for being here. That sounds great. great. Thank you so much. Yeah, great opportunity. Thank you so much. The Bearded Biomed. Outstanding. <laughs> Bearded Biomed. So next up, I have longtime friend of the show, Jake Powell. Since episode one. Since episode one, man. It's come come full circle. So obviously, uh, I would imagine a lot of people know who you are, but if they, the people that don't know, educate them. Uh <laughs> Uh, my name is Jake Powell. I am a military biomed from uh, the Shepherd Air Force days, uh, Army, Army, and uh, it's basically I'm the owner and president of IMED Biomedical. Uh, it's we're 18, 19 employees strong now. We mainly service Texas, but we have contracts all over the U.S. where we service a, a whole array of modalities from mam, uh, mammography to contrast injectors to anesthesia. Uh, O2 blenders, the whole works. So that's that's kind of who we are and, and what I do. I started my company uh, roughly about eight years ago. Uh, July will be eight years. Being military myself, one of, at least for me, I, I would like your perspective on this, seeing as you're military as well. It's kind of hit or miss when it comes to what kind of splash you make when you enter the civilian sector. Like I've heard of people just, immediately hitting the, the role of a lifetime, hitting them with, you know, grounded, they're ready to go. They, they're doing great things and all the power to them. I had a little bit of a mixed bag with that. Like I remember I probably applied to over 30, 40 jobs and, you know, they're like, yeah, uh, biomed, it's such a niche group. It'll be so easy for you to get a job. I mean, really at the time, um, this was five, six years ago. Um, I think really the only recruiting like 
main platform for biomeds is Stephen International Recruiting, yeah. mm-hmm. which they're still prevalent and do high octane, you know, hiring of biomeds. But I mean, nowadays we got HTM jobs. Like, there's so many uh, other avenues and more outreach to biomeds. But still, I don't feel like the the veteran military biomed is getting the amount of opportunities that they probably should. Um, I imagine you probably made the decision to open and operate your own business simply so you know you're giving yourself that fighting chance and giving yourself a leg up. Uh, it's already hit the ground running. I was just curious on your perspective of that. So that's one of the, it's, it's definitely a very long question with a very long answer. But one of the, the biggest lies, I guess, I was told in the schoolhouse was when you graduate AIT, people are going to be fighting for you for a job. And you're, you're going to have people fighting over you. You're going to have to just you're going to have to pick the one you want. Right. But later did I find out that, no, that's not true at all. At least in Texas, strictly for Texas, up and down the 35 corridor, you've got so many biomed opportunities. You've got the it's biomed saturated school. Heavily. Yeah. You've got the biomed school. You've got TSTC, which their main location is in Waco. And then you've got Fort Hood and um, the Air Force Base down there. Um, forgot the name. Uh, Lackland. Yes. But you got folks retiring out of both of those and staying in Texas. So Texas is so saturated, especially up and down 35. Right. It's so hard. Caveat off of that, too, is that probably didn't put myself in the best position wanting to essentially stay in my home state. It usually yields better success rate for hiring opportunities for biomeds if they're willing to relocate. I tell everybody that. And unfortunately, at the time... I was young. I was naive. I was ready to make a difference in the world. And it didn't necessarily, you know, calculate to that. Sure. Um, but, you know, relocating isn't for everybody. But at the same time, with Texas being such a mecca for the biomed field, you would think that, you know, at least it'd be a little bit easier to get in. But oddly enough, I, I believe I've told this in past uh, episodes of my podcast is, the only reason I got a job in him now in Dallas is because I took a job to be the lead tech in Oklahoma City. <laughs> and oddly enough is Oklahoma has very weird standards that doesn't compute with you know, what we would most expect. Really, it's just a state survey for them. They don't have to answer joint commission, a, a lot of the DMV, none of that stuff. So it was kind of hard to break into the field out there. And I ultimately told him, Hey, just let me relocate to Dallas and best decision I ever made. Like I said, it's, it's difficult for biomeds. I think I'm happy to see like there's a Dexo doing military internship. There's apprenticeship programs now with, you know, the Amy setup, renew biomedicals uh, offering uh, apprenticeship program. There's, I think there's actually, I, I don't know. Would you say there's less or more biomedical? You know, I, I would say more, and, and maybe it seems more because they're doing a lot more marketing, making themselves known. Okay. Because when, when we, when I, at least when I graduated, there was only one that I knew of, which was the College Air Force for degrees and stuff. Now you've got Edison, you've got Seabed, you've got Collin College, you've got yeah. TSTC, you've got the Venetian up in Indiana, you've got, I mean, there, there's. I mean, probably, rightly so. Texas is heavily uh, saturated with uh, biomed schools, which is awesome. Yeah. But, there's another one in San Antonio. Uh, the name escapes me. It's like a St. Mary School of Biomed or something okay, like that. Okay, yeah. But, but TSDC has another biomed location in Harlingen down at the tip uh, and th- another one in East Texas, I think Longview or Tyler area. Okay. So, yeah, Tyler. 
Yeah, and it's there's there's so many. Um, one of our technicians actually came out of that program. And each program is they produce good biomeds. I mean, I I was talking with some friends last night. Strangely enough, I've been doing this 17 years. It time flies, but you know, each school, whether it's the Air Force or TSTC, they all have eras where they put out truly good techs, like you're talking about. Um, and it's just it comes down to which era is is the most popular one. Um, you know, when I got out, everybody was trying to hire TSTC grads in Texas, not military biomeds. And that was just because they were putting out more biomeds, they were networked more, and I think the quality of the technician that was coming out was better. So, I also think for the people in the management positions that, you know, grew up biomed but weren't a part of that military community, at least my manager had mentioned this. He said, I understand the value that a military biomed can bring because they've had to deal with high stress. They've had to deal with uh, working without. They've had to learn to adapt more. You know, they're more prone to handling uh, field service in general. It's, it's kind of, a, like I said, a mixed bag. It, everybody has a different experience. I was also curious, too, when it comes to your take on, as we know, I've talked about it probably to nauseam at this point. The field's aging out. Uh, we have a population of biomeds that are 55 and up at at least median age. Um, there's a vast amount of knowledge that's going to go away within the next 10, 15 years when they do decide to retire. And, I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you're exactly right. I was talking with a friend last night, and, and we were they were saying, well, you know, the majority of the biomed uh, staffing is going to go away in the next 10 years. And I said, no, it's that's already started. It's it's starting now. You see so many organizations that are trying to hire entry-level biomeds for stuff. But at the same time, I also feel like we're at a huge cyclical cycle. That's a hard word for me. Of where there's going to be a massive turnover and there's going to be a huge amount of domain knowledge that goes with it. That's going to have to be rediscovered and re-innovated with the new up-and-coming biomeds. Um, I remember in the Army... I had an old school chief teach me some troubleshooting on boards that I have never seen or heard anywhere else in my lifetime. And I asked other people how they, you know, if they've seen that and they said no, but this guy was an old school chief. He worked for Phillips in the imaging, imaging side for 20 something years. And it's like, and it, his, his, the, what he showed me actually worked. I was able to work on a mini X that was able to find the board issue and, and, basically troubleshoot it really quickly. This took me back that, to the mini X. Yeah. <laughs> and I was able to fix it or troubleshoot it and find the issue within 10 minutes versus what it would have taken me two hours probably. Well, like different back in the day too, like component level troubleshooting was still very much a thing within the field. Yeah. And now it's just become more expedited, more cost efficient, more, I mean, kind of industry norm to just swap boards. Board swapping. Yeah. That's, um, that's the new norm now. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know the OEMs will have people believe that, you know, they'll send a technician out. They're doing component level troubleshooting. And I have come across some like genius level technicians, but they come with what we call in the industry hero kits, mm -hmm. which is, you know, a bag full of parts. They'll swap them. Hopefully it fixes it. If not, then, you know, round two. But yeah, that's another level. I mean, it's use it or lose it. Really. I haven't really component level troubleshooted in years. Essentially, it's more just diagnosing what the problem is, narrowing it down to the area, and 
having an understanding of the equipment and hoping and praying almost sometimes. Yeah. So, uh, at least where I work, the, we're, I'm still very old school. I love troubleshooting down to the component. Sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes the board is just damaged beyond repair. But at the same time, you don't have the time. You don't have that liberty right. to take your time to tre- to test every single component on that board. So board swapping is a thing, and it's a thing for a reason. It's because it's the right. most effective with time to get the equipment back up and running, back on the floor for the patients. And so what we do is we do a hybrid. So we have boards on on standby, basically ready to go. And so when, when equipment comes in, we board swap. I'm not going to say we don't. We do. We board swap. We make sure all the revisions, all the firmware, everything matches up, and we make sure everything checks the boxes, and then we get the equipment back to the customer. Now, what we do with the defective board we take out is we then put it in through our process where we actually we now have the liberty of time to test every single board or component on that board to make sure that we can find the issues and then go and put it into a custom test bed where we're able to go through rigorous testing and the beauty is we can take as long as we want to do it because right. we have a shelf stock full of boards so we can keep <clears> the customers happy. But at the same time, full circle, that also allows us to be more competitive with our pricing as well. Yeah. And I, I didn't want to put if, – if there was like a negative moniker left on board swapping, it's not. that it, It's a thing for a reason, mm-hmm. um, especially when you get into larger, more expensive uh, capital asset modalities that require – Basically, time is money. If, like, let's say a CT is down, the longer it's down, the money is being cost. People don't understand the electrical and everything tied into keeping this unit up and running. So, for items like that, I absolutely, you know, I just the knowledge aspect of it, the the willingness to dive into. Like I said, I feel like that's kind of being lost generationally. But it, like I said, it's it's for a reason. It's mm-hmm. just, it, it ties into that whole the technician losing the ability to learn from our seniors that are eventually leaving us. Amy, they went through and looked at the numbers and we've already had several people already retire. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I'm a member of the HTMA North Texas uh, organization. It's the biomed group up there in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And me and a couple of the other uh more senior folks are we're trying to put together a mentorship program because a lot of that stuff is not being transferred down and to sit here today and say, I've always been this, who I am today would be very naive of me. In fact, when I was an E1, I was a knucklehead. Like if you would have told me, Hey, fast forward 17 years, you're going to, you're going to be somebody in this field. You're going to make a name for yourself. I would have said, eh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Same. Go pack sand. You know, that's not happening. But the fact is, is that, is who I am today. And I have had some good leaders. I've had some leaders that have figured me out uh, on how to basically get the most out of me and put me in a situation to succeed. And I've also had some very horrible leaders that I've learned the most from. And those leaders, whether they knew it or not, they were a mentor to me, whether they were teaching me the bad habits not to do, or there were some of the other guys that were just saying little induendos for me to straighten up and, and stand tall and basically stop being a knucklehead. So I would, I would challenge anybody out here to basically be a mentor or try to be that leader, whether it's by leading by example or just basically you see somebody doing something wrong, try to get them on the right path. I think with our field in general, wisdom just kind of comes with experience. You don't really know what kind of impact you're going to make on the field until you get to that point in your career 
that you understand what kind of impact you want to make, what you want to do. Um, you know, when you're an entry level technician or like when we came through privates or what have you, you're just trying to worry about how am I going to get that next paycheck. It's interesting to see the evolution when you look back on it. I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm like, man, it's already been five years since I left the military. And it's like, everything's changed. Everything's different. Yeah. I appreciate you being on. I actually, I was just reading uh, Justin's uh, fanboy and I got you on the show right now. Uh, shout out to Justin. Uh, hey, Justin. We are incredibly sorry that you couldn't be here at the expo, man. Cause you uh, feel better, yeah. everybody was looking forward to seeing you, me included. We'll get you next time for the folks listening or watching. We got something brewing. So just stay tuned and we're going to do bigger and better and more bearded things. <laughs> and of course, uh, Jake here's got the the mustache, so I mean we'll we'll have a super beard at that point. We gotta get Justin to grow a beard. Yeah, Justin, you gotta grow a beard now if we, if we do something together because <laughs> the bearded amigos or something. <laughs> we'll, we'll get something going, but yeah, uh, the expo's pretty much wrapped up. Um, if you tuned in, I appreciate you watching this segment along with tomorrow is going to be part of a larger uh, podcast episode for Beard Biomed that will more than likely. Uh, air next Thursday. I uh, appreciate you listening, watching Jake. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, anytime. And, uh, appreciate what you do. Yeah. I, I want to, we need to find a way I could, we can do this more often. Bearded. Biomed. <laughs>